The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. This morning we had an interesting morning. Yeah, we did. We, we, you may have watched, if you watched our, our Facebook feed or Instagram or whatever, you saw that we were on our local TV station. However, yeah, it was early. I didn't even tell you this. It was very early. And on my way out the door, I'm feeling all proud of myself, feeling all good about myself because I'm about to go be on TV. I mean, I know yeah. we're on TV on Velocity, but this was we're on live TV. TV. But live TV is a different thing. And it was very weird to be on TV talking about being on TV. Did that strike you? It was like yeah, that picture-in-picture picture moment. I was having a, It was very strange. But I had a total reality check before I left the house. Okay. <laughs> right before I left the house, I thought, you know, I ought to go to the bathroom before I leave. And I walked into our downstairs bathroom right. to find it promptly clogged. Awesome. It's fine. So I had to go get the plunger <laughs> and solve a toilet full of madness before I went to be all excited about myself, to be on live TV and look at me on a TV star. That's always the case. You always have to deal with life stuff. It was just some important. In the middle of that nastiness, I just thought, this is actually exactly the reality check I needed. This is (laughs) my life has gotten glamorous, hasn't it? Instead of the debates, which we have gotten into uh, early on in some past past podcasts here, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm excited to jump into these, but I wanted to start off by talking about this all electric pickup truck. That is all good, of the news good. right now. Yeah, yeah. And I want to touch on this briefly because I've said so many times, why aren't car manufacturers focusing on an electric mm-hmm. pickup? Mm-hmm. I think that would sell like hotcakes. So here's one. Yep. It's called the Workhorse W15. Now, it's not fully electric. It True. is considered a plug-in electric vehicle, and it does have an onboard gasoline engine. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. a bit disappointed, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a first step. But I just wanted to say, awesome, we're... We're on the road. We're yeah, finally yeah. going towards this direction. And I'm not a well, pickup truck guy either. True. And, and, of course, Elon Musk is saying that they're going to do a pickup finally, but they're going to do one on the, on the Model 3 chassis, supposedly. Sure. How they're going to sure. do, just just a side note, how this company mm-hmm. who has not so, – they, they, I don't know if you just heard this past week they announced they were, they were on track for quarter one. They did sell 25,000 vehicles in quarter one, delivered 25,000 vehicles. Lay that alongside the four hundred thousand quarters in a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we get enough if we're quarters, shooting for half a million. If we can get enough quarters, quarters, we can deliver our our four hundred thousand vehicles. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be hard. But so so there's that. But then this company that needs to do four hundred thousand Model Threes is also supposedly in the same time frame going to do semis and pickups. Wow. When does the reach exceed the grasp? There. Well. It has already done so because I do follow the stock market. Mm-hmm. I am actually mm-hmm. pretty interested, to be honest. Yeah. And yeah. I'm reading analyst reviews about the business model, and there's financial analysts that have now admitted the stock price is disconnected sure. from their sales sure. reality. It on is. No other planet or company. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Is yeah. the stock price where it does not reflect yeah. what the company is doing. Yeah. They still are blowing through cash. Absolutely. They, they are bringing in a lot of money, but yeah, they're blowing but through cash. but not enough. They're still courting investors. And here this financial analyst is now admitting, you know what? It really doesn't matter. It's based on you just want the Tesla. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. just want it. Well, and, and, and it's, it's shot. The stock price has just shot up mm-hmm. as of this recording. I. I'm staggered. At the it, it is astounding. It, it's a bulletproof stock right now. And everybody that has lost the most money in 2016 in the stock market are all the people that short sold Tesla. Yeah. 
They're yeah. the people that lost the most money in a calendar year, which is frightening. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I am amazed that Tesla is trying to cover all the markets. Mm-hmm. I, I, there is a part of me that feels like, okay, you know what? Focus on the car thing. Seriously, just <laughs> just pick some models and focus because you can't you can't do them all. You just can't. This to a guy that owns Solar City now and builds rockets to send to outer space. By and the it, way, he's digging tunnels. He wants to dig tunnels in and LA. Has the Hyperloop above ground too. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's just what we know about. That's what we know. So. That, well, that's what's had press conferences in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but but back to this back to this electric pickup. You're right. Yes. It is that hybrid thing. It's kind of like the Volt model. Okay, it's the it is. It has some electric only running, and then it also has a gas generator, so you can get yourself uh, keep yourself from being yeah. stuck. Which, yeah. honestly, from a pickup perspective, I think is smart. I, I agree because it, if you I wind agree. up at a work site and you're out of electric power, that's a problem. The other thing I think is cool about it, though, is the electrics on it can be used to power your electric uh, tools on the work site. Yeah, which is a you great can point. plug into it. It's got actual plugs on the bed, so now you're not carrying theoretically, you're not carrying a generator. That's true. That's true. You're driving I, yeah. your truck out there and using that, which is a pretty cool idea. Somebody that uses trucks thought of that. They, they thought this through. But the engineers who designed the Lockheed F-117 Nighthawk, mm-hmm. yes. it's as if they applied their design sensibilities to this truck. Well, it looks it's like they took a Silverado and, and went. Pretty. It looks like they took a Chevy Silverado and went, we can make that look worse. Let's slice here. Let's add meat there. Uh-huh. Let's, let's not make this pretty, and this will be our workhorse. Your design brief is, please, don't make this pretty. Just because it's a work truck doesn't mean it can't look beautiful. Mm -hmm. I I, Mm -hmm. I don't see the non-correlation. Yeah. Well, but of course, you know. Beautiful styling here. You know, my problem with it is that it's just in we didn't bother to paint it silver. (laughs) And and again, back to the functionality, it's Mm -hmm. just function. It's sort of like structures in Alaska. There's not really beautiful architecture there. It just works. <laughs> this it's just this functional. will survive a terrible winter <laughs> exactly. and scene. You know, speaking of pickups, on my way actually over here, because I have to, have to come to the studio now to do the podcast. Yes, you do. On, on my way over here, I saw one of the weirdest car things I've seen in a long time. Coming just now? Just in, Yeah. It took me really? 10 minutes to get here. And, I, I, and, and if it wasn't dark, I would have tried to take a photo, which I don't like to take a photo while I'm driving, but it was worth it. There was a guy in a flatbed pickup. Okay. So not an actual not pickup with sides, an actual flatbed, big diesel dually flatbed, right? Okay, okay. On the back is a dolly lying lying down on its back. Okay, instead of vertical, the dolly is now lying down. Strapped to the dolly <laughs> is an enormous, like with the big handles and the chrome, an enormous, very expensive coffin. What? Yes. On the back of it, and this was not a hearse, ladies and gentlemen. This was a uh, beat down dually flatbed pickup, diesel, etc. And he's just cruising along on the freeway, hauling a coffin, kind of, kind of strapped to an old rusty dolly. And I just thought, somewhere in the chain of events of that coffin, it's going to be looked at reverently. And right now is not that time. Could crack some jokes, you know. Is that your ex-wife? Is that... <laughs> we could, um, yeah, we could, could go there. Go for a while. <laughs> we have a couple of good uh, car debates to cover this evening. One of them is Alex in uh, Denver, and we also have uh, Jamin writing to us uh, as well with an interesting question about teenagers' cars. He's kind of pointing that at me because I talk about driving an orange teenager's car. So I want to talk about both of those and so many questions. Yeah. So many good questions. A lot of great questions. Well, let's jump right in here with Alex, as you said. He does drive a pickup truck, which is kind of one of why I wanted to cover the pickup sure. truck yeah, up yeah. top here because he he used to be a construction superintendent, but now is a construction manager, 
and still has his 2012 Chevy Silverado 1500 extended cab. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he said he doesn't like to use the truck now like he did when he was a superintendent, filling the bed with tools and materials. And He just doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, when you go around a corner too fast there, you get a dent from the inside out, mm -hmm, yep. which is a problem. So now all he's using it is for skis in the, yeah. in the bed. He's got his lunchbox, computer bag, all the stuff that he needs. And he likes driving the truck. I think he's still, Alex, I think you still have a connection to it. Certainly. From your, There's you history know, there. I've always had a truck. Exactly. Yeah. This is what I've always had. But at this point, what he's asking for is what's a fun car that will be good for the commute mm -hmm. and the weekend stuff, but still kind of fits in this, I can drive onto the construction site, I can still show up and not be, you know laughed off the job in terms of like, wow, what a beautiful car. It doesn't belong on the construction site kind of thing. Or, sure. you know, it's just going to take the abuse. Yeah. Because yeah. he is saying here, the precious factor is an issue. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want it mm -hmm. to be so precious that, you know, I can't get anything. I can't drive fast on gravel or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got to be something right in there. So he's given us some this good is, suggestions It's here. interesting that he's trying to fit all these parameters. What I like about this, Alex, is the fact that you're going, okay, you've come to that realization that Paul and I talk about. Look, if you're out there and you need a pickup, yes, get a pickup. Oh, yeah. But if you're yeah, a person yeah. who three times a year you're going to put something in the bed of a truck, I'm going to say it to you again. You don't need a pickup. Rent a pickup when that <laughs> needs to happen. So yeah. that's the thing with Alex. He's come to this realization, all my life I've needed one. Now I don't need one. Right. So right. great. I can do something else. And then, the, yeah, there are all these factors about wanting to take it still to the job site. But you live in Denver, and you drive to the mountains regularly. So you're zooming down the great Colorado mountain roads and, and wishing, I wish I had something better for this. Mm -hmm. This is fun. I have, a, I have a wild card that may surprise everybody a bit. But we've also got some usual suspects discussions in here. Really? Okay. I'm, I'm curious to hear it because I've got one, too, that's out there. Mainly because he gives us a budget of forty to fifty thousand, which is pretty healthy. That's good, excellent. That's yeah. a great budget. Yeah, yeah. He suggested the WRX, the WRX STI A4 mm -hmm, Focus mm -hmm. RS. We've never talked about the WRX in terms of, uh, I guess it's off-road capabilities or Not rally generally, yeah. sensibilities, mm -hmm. or you know what, you're might gonna beat this up. It's mm -hmm. always talked about in terms of you've got twenty-five grand, you want a fun sports car, you want an all-wheel drive four-door. Exactly. This is these are the boxes we've checked them all. Exactly. Yeah. So we're bringing this up in a different sense mm -hmm. of you know what, you could kind of take this onto the construction site and sure, of course. You know, he's got a lot of job sites to visit, dirt roads, track out pads. He's saying fifty feet of two-inch rock to knock the mud off the tires before he goes back onto the public yeah. roadways, which, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know you've been on a construction site. Yeah, when that's you know, the setup. Way deep in there. So, okay, these are cars to start with. And, Alex, for that reason, I do like the WRX a lot. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. going to be a great car, but it, it's nowhere near your forty to $50,000 budget. You could probably buy two just about, for yeah. that kind yeah, of money. Yeah, just about, uh-huh. So I think, all right, you know, before we get into the, you need a Baja Beetle or the Volkswagen Dune or the <laughs> Volkswagen Alltrack or whatever that the is. The Aerial Nomad. Ooh, that's a great one. <laughs> They're not 50 grand, though. You will arrive at the job site covered in the mud of the drive out. Covered in the job site. <laughs> you don't need storage space. You've got, get, get one of those, what are those, those tough wrapped computers? Get one of those, you know. Yeah, the Panasonic tough book thing. You know, get one yeah. of those, you know, you, 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 you peel off your goggles. This is kind of a cool image I'm painting here, Alex. You peel off your goggles because they're muddy and you just have a muddy face with the two circles totally. of, of clean skin. It's going to be Aerial Nomad. And I just stumbled upon that right now. Thanks for, thanks for writing in. We're done. 
Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, not even close to that price. But he does say he wants a more conservative look for the construction site as, you know, being a construction worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that brought me to this car here, Alex. Okay. I'm going to the website right here, and I built one. It's the Volvo S60 Cross Country. It's Mm, not the wagon. It's still the S60. Conservative looking, but it's... It's like Volvo does an STI, only classier, more luxurious. The seats mm. are fantastic. Mm. And it's going to be more expensive car here, but it's going to be more of a luxurious car. I've never recommended this car. I'm yeah, curious as yeah. to who this car is for. But maybe it's for Alex. Maybe it's for Alex. <laughs> really. it's Volvo, it's we have of... found your customer. Remember when you did all that market <laughs> research and you were trying to figure out who he was? His name is Alex. He lives in Denver. But you're the target market for this car, apparently, because... It looks like Audi does the all-road. I like what Audi has done. Yeah. But if you're not into the wagon thing, and even that all-road sits a little bit lower, this is pretty high off the ground, and it it really does look like Mm. Subaru does, or Volvo does, the Subaru STI thing. Sort of a bit of a rally look to a luxury car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, if you think about it, Subaru has the lock on this market. They do. There is really nobody else. I mean, our our Evo has gone The Evo's out the door. Yep, yep. And... I mean, not even Ford. I like your Focus RS suggestion here, but Alex, you're going to be driving around on some pretty low-profile street tires, performance tires, unless you change them out, of course, which you could. Mm -hmm. You could Mm -hmm. kind of rallyize it, you know, and and make it that car. So I do like it for that reason, but primarily it's an on-road sports car. I mean, that is, you know, it comes with really huge tires and wheels and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could change it. You could. Extra cost. But I'm just wondering about this Volvo just... Very conservative. It, it's very, you know, pulled back in a, in a styling sense, but I like it. Mm-hmm. It looks great. They start at $44,000 here, and it's going to be a luxurious car. It's going to be a nice place. It to will be a nice car. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. wondering about this. Uh, yeah, turbocharged engine. I, I'm kind of wondering. There, um, there's there's a couple sides of this for me. And, and I, I'm glad, of course, you brought up those usual suspects, the WRX uh, and the STI. I love that you brought those up. You brought up the A4, and I think the A4 is a great option here. You actually, you know what you should do? You should go, you should go S4. S4 and you should go work. S4. You, yeah. you could even go S4 manual. Yeah. That would be really interesting because then you would get yeah. the upgraded version. I mean, we drove uh, Audi A4s a couple, couple uh, about a year ago. We released that video. Yep. It was the old uh, RS4 versus the B. I'm going to get it wrong. Was it? It was B7 RS4 and B8 S4. B8 Did we do that generation. Yeah. S4, so anyway, correct. and yep. now we're up to the beginning of the B9. Yes, I'm getting into Audi nomenclature. How many of you are still with me or yelling at me? One of the two is happening. <laughs> you either, you either falling, falling asleep along. or you're yelling at me. Definitely. But um, but so you could look at those. Those are absolutely worthwhile. You can, if you look hard, it is possible to find manuals, which is interesting. But I had a couple others I wanted to bring up. Now, I want to talk about the Focus RS for a second. We like that car. You can watch our piece about it versus all the competitors. We like it. But we keep hearing the same thing about that car, and I want to bring it up specifically for you, Alex. That car has a tendency to, A, ride hard to the point that people commuting on highways start to wonder, is this the car for me? Well, you're going Mm. to be in some really bumpy situations (laughs) way off the highway. That's point one. I mean, I love your point about tires, Paul. That's going to be an issue. But even you if you soften those, up, those up, I mean, the soft setting of that suspension is still really stiff. Yeah, and you're going to be yeah. banging around in this car, which leads to my second point, which is everybody we know that has one has been surprised at the number of rattles 
that have kind of reared their ugly head mm. early on mm. in the car's life cycle. Just squeaks and rattles now, of in course, the interior. Exactly. Kind of you can you can obviously yeah. you can chase those. You can put foam in. You can do that stuff. But the people that we know that have owned them, that has been a ca- the situation. So that's something to, to at least think about for the Focus RS. I have to say, I have to bring it up. I know it's old, but there's a weird mix here because you want a fun car. You want it to be kind of classy, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to be mm-hmm. too precious. This is a weird combo happening here. You do have as much as fifty grand to spend. So I'm going to go a little nuts here now, Alex. Okay. <laughs> I am going to bring up the Evo X. Okay. If yeah. you bought an MR, the MR does not have the wing. Right. I think right. the MR will look like a classier car than either of the Subarus. I could see that. I could see that. And, and the it, interior is going to be very not precious. No, Let's that's true. That way. That's true. Uh, but that brings me to my other point, and that is, have you thought about this? I know when I first heard this, Alex, I thought what I'm about to say was insane. But now that I live in Utah where a lot of road debris bounces around all the time and my car is not fully covered, I think about it. Hmm. You know, there's that clear bra stuff. Yeah. Throw that right out the window for a second. There are plenty of people here in Utah, plenty of people with really nice sports cars. They get their entire car done. Yeah. They take it to the place that does that. First thing they do is they get kind of the paint protection, the paint, paint. Uh, what do they call it, refreshing of the paint to fill yeah. in all little problems. Yeah. And then they clear protection the entire car. Yeah, which you can. It's not inexpensive, but it's you can. not. It's you not. Can. But I, I really wonder about that for you, Alex, because I wonder if that creates the scenario where you could get something a little nicer and be less mm. concerned. Mm. Yeah. Because if you are on a job site and a rock jumps up and it bites the clear coat, you get that panel redone. It's it's not it's not a problem beyond that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to submit that to you as a add-on to whatever you get. You could get the entire car done. We know a guy here in Utah that found one of the most pristine great deals on a 911 GT3 oh, RS yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. And the guy that he bought it from was really meticulous and had a beautiful car. But the first thing this new owner did was he peeled off the, like, done-to-the-hood uh, clear and did the entire car. Yeah. And it's gorgeous, and now it's hyper-protected, and he feels very confident taking it to the track or whatever. So that's why I bring this up. I think that's a real interesting thing to do the entire car in the clear coat film. No, you're right. I've done that to uh, to the Cayman, mm-hmm. but not the whole car. I've just, just done. But the, you did a lot, you did the, more than just a little front pieces, end yeah. And the rockers mm-hmm. and the you know the kick up area just behind yeah. the rear wheels. So I'd love to have the whole car done, but it was a lot of money and yeah. all that stuff. And, so. and, and you're I'm speaking off road. You're, you're speaking to the middle variation here, though. I mean, right, what, what right. most people get is like half the hood or just the hood and a couple of fenders. Right. You went farther than that. You went almost to the A pillars all around, and then you did yeah. the haunches, if you will. Mm-hmm. Which is almost mm-hmm. like the middle version. I'm talking about the full the car version. Car. Yeah. Which, for what you're doing, Alex, I think it would just create a scenario where you don't have to be precious. You're going to be careful. You don't have to be precious. For whatever you get. So now saying. I'm going to. So now I'm going to bring up two other cars that are okay. going to seem wild cards, but I'm putting them behind the protection film idea. One, we're talking STIs, Evos, but you got 50 grand, Mercedes GLA. Yeah, that's true. It is the, the uh, it is the step you're talking up. The forty five, yes, AMG 45? the AMG forty five. Yeah, get the GLA. Oh, speak. Actually, this is random. Speaking of the GLA, my wife this week has a rental car. Her yes. Cayenne is in the shop. Somebody hit her. It's stupid. Somebody backed into her in, in a parking uh, yeah, parking lot. Right. My that's wife right. was sitting still. Somebody backed into her and looked at my wife like, what are you doing there? And she was like, well, I'm the one in the SUV. You're the one in the car. How did you not see me? <laughs> anyway, crazy. that's a side note. But So her car's in the shop. She has a rental. It is the Infiniti QX30. 
You mentioned this. Have you driven it at all? I have driven it. Driven a little bit. Okay. Now, for those of you not following along, because let's be honest, it's infinity nomenclature. None of us are following along. <laughs> Q is their cars. QX are their SUVs. Okay? So QX30 is their smallest SUV. You know what it is? It's the GLA. It's a GLA. That's how they got that it's, small market. It's a GLA yeah. almost throughout. It's... Well, you said the Mercedes switchgear. The, the Mercedes switchgear, the, the seat little Mercedes seat thing yeah, that they put on, on the, door the door panel looks like a seat. There it is, Mercedes. Nobody My wife got in and went, where's the seats? And I went, it's right here on the door panel because it's Mercedes. Uh -huh. But you know what shocked me, though? It's got the two-liter front-wheel drive in it, two-liter okay, turbo right. engine in it, right. which has actually got decent punch. Granted, I drive an FRS. Everything has decent punch. <laughs> but it, it's got Your decent punch. Your has decent punch. <laughs> but it sounds like a diesel. No kidding. It just sits there and just chuffs away like it's some sort of diesel. It's got decent power, but it's... This is the other end of the spectrum from the AMG 45 we're talking about. Once you get the AMG 45 GLA all-wheel drive, that is a little hot rod, and it is the step up from these Evos and STIs and those kind of things. You'd have to do the tire compromise thing on that GLA 45. You would. You because would. Because that is also, that comes with 20s, Absolutely. very low yep. profile. You'd have yep. to do something, Alex, if you considered that car. Mm -hmm. We really liked it, but mm -hmm. again, you're going to have to go to 18s and get some more meat, you know. I think it's probably a good that's probably a something good a little different in, in addition to having it wrapped. Because, yeah, you're going to – it's fast. You're going to want to take it fast yeah, on definitely. those entry and exit roads. But it would be great on, you know, running around to go skiing or going on the back roads or just yeah. having fun driving it. That would be yeah. a blast. And that brings me to my other wild card. I know I'm way out in the weeds because you said you're worried about Precious. But you could get a 997 Carrera 4 or even a 4S for your money. <laughs> Wrap the whole car – I mean, I see... And I'm, Wrap and I'm, it with the Rothmans livery, and it's the off-road Dakar well, rally but, car. But, but you're bringing up the point. Like the 959. You're, you're bringing up the, the point. Those cars have been rally cars. Have, 911s yeah. have been rally cars. Yeah. The, I feel like the thing holding Alex back here is the precious thing, but that's why I say wrap the whole car. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you could do the plastic dip thing too if you wanted to change the color. That's, well, or but or I he mean, could that's or a he could good protection route yes, too. Or he could wrap the car in a color. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to say to you, Alex, buy a silver one and change it to any <laughs> other color with a wrap. And then you've protected the car and changed the color. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm out in the weeds, but 997 Carrera 4 would do all – they're everywhere here in Utah. Yeah. Year-round, yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah, they are. You could do all your ski stuff. <laughs> what are the guys going to say when you roll up in the 997 my, and they have pickups? That's my next I thought. know. I know. They're going to think, wow, we're paying him too much. Maybe. <laughs> But then you get to tell them, honestly, that you spent less on your Porsche than they did on their loaded pickup. That's true. This That's is the reality true. we're talking about. Loaded pickups are 60 to 70 now. You buy yourself a 997 That's... Carrera, everybody's going to think, wow, that was expensive. And you're going to be able to say your monthly payment is less than theirs. God, it's shocking, yeah, but true. That's nuts. That's nuts. Hopefully something in there helps you, Alex. All right. Well, we had an email here from Jamin. Mm-hmm. He's writing in with a question that addresses what you you kind of do say a lot here. I do, yeah. Which is funny. So, Jamin says that Todd always talks about owning an orange teenager's car. He's going to be turning 40 in a few months, and he currently has a 2014 WRX hatchback. Mm -hmm. So, nice segue into what Alex was already thinking here. Yep. Maybe Alex could buy Jamin's car, and Jamin goes and gets something Possibly. different. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling that you, might work. the pink slip thing is going to, the swap is going to happen. One day it's going to happen. Show. That's going to be like, and I'm when it happens, we're going to just talk about it for like four podcasts in a row. We're going right. to retell the story for four podcasts. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's wondering if he's getting too old for this car. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, he's also asking, are there any cars that come to mind that, that we would avoid recommending for the over 40 crowd 
due to the image or target market. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we could almost go, you know, the decades of your life from new driver to, <laughs> hey, welcome to your 20s. <laughs> hey, what should you drive when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s? Yeah. Because we, we're in a group of uh, uh, group of guys here, the coffee club here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting to me how there's a lot of guys getting Teslas. So yeah. I think, what yeah. is the age bracket for mm. a Tesla? You could see young guys in them. You can see older guys in them. Yeah. There's yeah. some cars that are, in a sense, ageless for mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. of the target demographic market. Cadillac has come down, but Cadillac in the minds of most people is still, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's the mm-hmm. old people's car, Buicks, whatever. I'd never consider that. Mm-hmm. Subaru, I think less so. I, I really, I don't think of this it's as It's the official car the of the case. Rocky Mountains. They're, 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 they are ageless cars. They are. Because Grandpa they has are. one that he handed down to his son who handed it down to his teenage daughter who just started driving. They've yeah. all driven the same Subaru. Yeah. I mean, you know, how about Jeeps? Jeeps are kind of an ageless, you could see young People driving them, except for the Jeep Wrangler them. rule, except for your Jeep Wrangler rule, I, which is hilarious. My Jeep Wrangler rule is, and I coined it in California. It doesn't always work everywhere, but <laughs> in California, I'm telling you, my Jeep Wrangler rule never failed. Never. It's true. It's in true. LA, it was, it was, it was, you could count on it. If you see a Jeep Wrangler driving down the road, yeah. and of course, you yeah. know. From all the pieces on it to no pieces on it. There's 8 million variations. Did you take just the top off or just the top and the doors? Did you leave the little <laughs> extra little, like, what what do they call it? They call it the bikini top or something on yeah, the top. There's yeah. that. There's all kinds of little variations. <laughs> there's a correlation. Certainly in Los Angeles, there's a correlation between if there's a girl driving that Jeep, the fewer pieces on the car, the hotter she is. <laughs> I don't know why this is the I've case. I've always enjoyed this rule. I don't know why this is the case. It's true, though. But in L.A., it was just you could count on it. If you were pulled up behind a Wrangler <laughs> and it was a completely bare Wrangler, that person was – and honestly, sometimes it worked with guys, but it always worked with women. Yeah. That person was insanely hot behind the wheel. If they had, like, the doors on, they were – Attractive. Like if a, they had all the pieces on, don't look. Don't look. Exactly. Okay. But anyway, don't even bother. Don't. That's terrible to say. It's terrible gosh. to say. But but in L.A. in the summertime, you could pretty much set your watch by it. Uh, anyway, how did I get there? Well, uh, I'll wrench you back here. Okay, we were talking please. about the orange teenager's car. Yes. I, I think it's a phrase that you do use quite a bit. I use it a lot because it's true. It's true. I, I agree. I mean, when I got pulled over the other day, I felt like the officer was about fourteen. Yeah. Wow, okay, <laughs> this yeah. is where we're at. Yeah. Uh, no, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to know your thoughts here and a bit of an explanation here about well, what you're thinking in terms of what car is too old. Are WRXs too old? Personally, I don't think so. Well, In no way do I think so. You've touched on the way this actually strikes my brain. Two, two thoughts, Jamin. The first headline here is, I don't think there's any such thing as being too old for a car. If you want to drive a car, go drive it. And I say that in, in this category. What's too old for mountain biking? What's too old for skiing? Different people, oh, yeah. different people get into a place in their life where like, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. I knew guys that climbed rocks like crazy in their 20s and hit 30 and just went, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. And I went, what happened? And there's people that you and I have met in their, in their 30s and they say, yeah, skiing, I'm too old for that. And I think, no, yeah. no, no you're what's the saying it's not you know you're not too old for skiing you're too old because you say you're yeah well that age is a state of mind in in a big way so that that, that plays in here in a big way jamin because i I think that i've seen plenty of genuinely old guys driving cars that wow i didn't expect an old guy to get out of that car but if he's loving it and enjoying it that's awesome i do think that the situation works the other way though i think there are cars you can be too young to be in 
Like a Corvette? Well, like an Audi A8. <laughs> Yeah. I don't yeah. care how far they've come down as used cars. If an 18-year-old gets out of an Audi A8, I go, what are you what doing are you in that car? Doing? Is that your mom's car? Yeah, it, it just seems you know, odd. I think there yeah. are cars you have to grow into, but I also feel like if you're a car enthusiast and you love your car, there are no cars you grow out of. Your I agree. Your peers I might agree. feel like, why are you still driving that? But if your answer is because I love it, then you know what? Done. Agreed. And you love your car. I love it. You're thinking about others, but, you know, I, and, I love that you love it, too. It's it's about being self-aware here, Jamin. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It, and that's why I make jokes about driving the orange teenager's car. I know what the demographic is for the car. I know that I'm not what people expect to get out of that vehicle. I just like driving it. So I drive it. Yeah. You know, so, so it, it's, I think as long as you're self-aware, that's fine. But, Jamin, there's another part of this category here. You're a young guy. First off, 40 is not old. And secondly, your wife, you've told us, is 27. (laughs) So she's keeping you young. Yeah. And she has an Audi S3. And the last (laughs) sentence here is, huh, might need to work out a trade deal with her. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? You know, what you could do is drive the S3 and go buy her a new car. Unless, of course, she won't give it up and she loves it. Mm. Hi, Jamin's wife. (laughs) I'm sure you're listening. (laughs) Well, we're just saying can, hello. We're just making suggestions. Can I can I it's can not, I acknowledge the fact no. that Jamin has obeyed a rule of a friend of ours here in Park City? Not my rule. This is tacky. And this and is, Jamin uh, and your wife, I, I I'm admitting Sam, right now this is tacky. We're calling you but out. we have a friend here in town because this is Park City, and Park City is <laughs> look. I feel blessed to live here, but there is a there is an incredibly uh, wealthy demographic here, and there's people oh, that yeah. are in retirement. There's people that are on their second lives, if you will. True. So that means there's guys that own companies. That they're on their second or third wife, Jamin. That's not the case. I'm not heading there with you, but follow my logic here. I'm coming. I'm bringing it back. I promise. Then their second or third wife. We have a friend here in town locally who says there's a rule if you're going to have a young wife, and the rule is cut your age in half and add seven. Jamin's forty. His wife is twenty-seven. The math works. The math Brilliant. is brilliant. Bang guys. on. And she's keeping you young, Jamin, which I love. So I, the S3 is not a bad idea, but what car do you want? There's yeah. nothing wrong with the guy yeah. that WRX. What car do you want? Go get that car. If you like it, you like it. Age is not an issue here. It really isn't. I feel like the Corvette C7 has broken the Corvette mold in terms of I, I could see young guys in their 20s driving It certainly this thing. has for you and me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we would consider this car. Absolutely. And I think Porsches of all kinds span the demographic. I think mm-hmm. Jeeps do from, you know, the, the Rubicon Wranglers to, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. is. I feel like... That's, that's irrelevant. A, that's a great Teslas one, too. Teslas yeah, are yeah. kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. There's so many more categories or so many more car manufacturers that I feel are irrelevant. There's a few, like mm-hmm. a Volkswagen Cabriolet. We're not going to suggest that to you here. Or, true, true. You know what I mean? There are cars that you see, okay, there is a definite target market here. Yeah. But okay, there's more that are not than more cars that I feel like are kind of locked into that. So go for it. Drive something you love. Yeah. I mean, I could see somebody 18 or 20 in a Fiat 500 Abarth, and I could see a guy yeah. 70 climbing out of an Abarth. Yeah. And and you know what? Yeah. Something about the, the, the guy that's 20 that has an Abarth, I think, that's a cool car, man. Good choice. The guy that's 70, I think, I want to be you. You're cool. I want to be you when yeah. I'm 70. That's yeah. just awesome. So there you go, Jamin. Agreed. Well, let's jump into some questions here because we've got, well, boatloads of questions so here. So many. So many. <laughs> We've called it out here on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> so you you like my oil change photo, do you? 
Yeah, a few people like that. Actually, but one person made the comment where they said they, you were keeping your hands CPO certified Paul owned. You were keeping your Just hands because I was unbelievably clean. Because you're wearing but but here's but here's the crazy thing about that photo. You're changing your own oil. Yes, I'm making fun of you. You're changing your own oil. I'm also going to make fun of myself in the process. So okay, hang on. Okay. You're changing your own oil in your garage. Yeah. You and your garage are cleaner than I am when I go out for the night. <laughs> Lots of teasing continues with the certified Paul-owned. It's the it best way to in, buy a car. It comes up in almost every car debate we it have. Does. It's it so does. funny. All the cars you've owned, whoever has bought them has got a <laughs> far better car than they would have ever found of, an, of that example because of how you treat your cars. Well, look, I keep them nice using Covercraft products. I've used them for years. Mm -hmm. I've used the car covers. They are excellent if you're parking outside. Hey, if you're parking inside, you can get the thin nylon ones to but, keep it dust-free as well. I, I, only you would worry about dust on your inside parked hey. car. But I will say that the one you had for your Audi, I think, may have also been bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, just about. It was fantastic. But but the thing about all these covers is, for whatever your car, if you're going to be ridiculous and cover it inside, or you're going to do your <laughs> bulletproof thing like you did for the Audi, sure. it's Covercraft.com for anything you want. And you can use the code DEBATE for free shipping in the continental U.S. Yeah, I had to try to figure out how to look somewhat presentable on camera this morning. And then everybody called out that we weren't wearing the uniform. Yeah, true. Well, we don't, you know, we wanted to look a little bit nicer than just well, t-shirts. Except, t-shirts are fine. Except as but, I was getting ready this morning, you know. my wife said, are you going to wear red? Well, and the, the TV producer folks recommended that you don't. We were specifically they, they said, told to not wear red. Throw so, red yes. out. So. But I did think it was funny. I don't my own wife, any red. So. My, exactly. My <laughs> wife was like, hey, are you going to wear red? I said, actually, I'm, I'm not. But uh, no, we did not wear the uniform. Uh, but I did like your CPO oil change. That was quite impressive. I'm always fascinated by the misconceptions that happen about car ownership. And one of the ones mm. that I feel like everybody knows, you don't have to be a car guy. Everybody knows it. 3,000 miles change your oil, which isn't actually right. <laughs> exactly. Don't fall for that rule. You should look up the manufacturer's recommendation. Mm -hmm. Look in your guide in the owner's manual, and then you should do AMSOIL because their synthetics give you 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by the industry standard. Well, and, and some of their stuff will last 25,000 miles according to their testing, which I don't recommend. Please don't do that. I, the 3,000 <laughs> is one thing, but the 25,000 we're not recommending either. But those products are great. Amsoil.com, they have a great lookup table. We've been posting links for that where you can look up yeah. your car, find the exact right product from them. No, changing the oil on the Jeep was easy because it's got the uh, the air suspension, the ride height stuff. Oh, sure. So I put it on the off-road setting number two, which lifted it to its maximum height, crawled right under, oh, sure. drained the oil, sure. no problem. It was actually really easy because in the past, you and I have had to you know throw mm -hmm. the cars up on ramps and yeah, do it that yeah. way, which is still good. But yeah, the Jeep was made it really easy. So uh, anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. But uh, good questions here. Uh, gosh, jumping do you see, in. Do you see Kyle's here? Kyle's calling me out. Kyle says, so Todd, what happened to getting a cheap Phaeton? He thinks it would be a really fun car for us to do a, he puts it in quote, interesting long-term series on. Kyle, I'll be really honest with you. It's still in play. The discussion point has not died. It comes down right now <laughs> to two things, money and time. Yeah. All of the time is yeah. going into the TV work, and wow, we're, I'm ahead of it, but the wave is growing. So a lot of it's going into the TV work. And then the other thing is just the financials of it. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of outgo this year. I mean, obviously, we've got podcast studio and other stuff. There, there were... There were costs for us. You wouldn't believe the costs that come up when you're like, I'm on TV. Oh, wait, we have to pay for that. We have to pay for that, pay for that, deliverables and stuff. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get to a place where we can talk about it seriously. It hasn't died. Paul is not really entirely on board, but it is more time <laughs> and money okay. than anything. It's yeah. okay. You're, you're worried about buying a, a huge 
pile hole for our money to go into. Yes, and I guess a, that's a, a genuine concern. Hole in the show's that's, a, that's a genuine concern. I get it. So Kyle it hasn't gone away. We're just trying to be somewhat smart about this absurdity. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it, it might happen. We'll have to see. We're still generating a whole bunch of ideas for season two and and the rest of this shoot year. So lots yeah, of yeah. Uh, lots of inquiries are going out, which is great. So uh, definitely keep you posted on that. What else? Uh, oh, Spectre2112 asks about which sedan I think under 40K has the best overall proportions visually mm, design-wise. Mm. He's likened this, the Mazda 6, which I have which to is agree with. Beautiful. I saw beautiful. one the other day, and I just I am re-admiring that car. Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. remembering thinking I'm loving the direction that Mazda is going. Yeah, the yeah, 6 yeah. was done a few years ago now, but the, the Mazda styling family has gone even more... I'm with you on that car. I mean, yeah, it looks great. And I feel like it's pretty ageless, too. I mean, yeah, you're talking about how yeah. long it's been out. I saw one this morning. In fact, oh, he you? came flying up behind me, and I let him buy. But I saw one this morning, and I just thought, that's a great-looking car. Hmm. It doesn't feel like it's a great-looking car that's getting a little old. It just looks great. Hmm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Good design does not have to be just for expensive products. Mm-hmm. You can have a very well-designed toothbrush. That's True. a $2 toothbrush. True. Good design still applies, and it mm-hmm, should still apply. Mm-hmm. But I agree that the Mazda is way up there. In terms Do you have any of, others that strike you? Good. Um, gosh, I'm thinking. Uh, you know, I, I do like what Hyundai's doing. They have gone pretty crazy for a while and just mm-hmm. into the stop drawing category. <laughs> but they're starting to bring it back. And Kia with the Stinger, I've got to say, yeah, yeah. that's right in that sweet spot, too. We can't wait to drive that car. I've been putting out requests for that, and uh, and we're definitely interested in that. But I think the ATS is really nicely proportioned. Do you? Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's polarizing styling. I think the Mazda Six is kind of one of those cars everybody can go. Yeah, it's a nice looking car. Sure. The ATS I think is a little more love it or hate it, but I really think it's well done. I think mm. it's just really nicely styled. Mm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, what else? Here? Did you see uh, Joe Roberts asked an interesting question? Uh, of course, we're we're talking about Amsoil because they are helping us on TV, which is wonderful. And we appreciate their dedication to quality because they like our dedication to quality. That's great. Joe is calling out Amsoil because he's always used Amsoil in his cars. Hmm. However, now he has a brand new Fiesta ST. Hmm. And the dealer gave him a lifetime warranty, powertrain warranty, as long as he brings the car to the dealer for oil changes. So he's going, do I worry about this lifetime powertrain warranty and go to the dealer and let them put in whatever they're going to put in? Or do I do it myself, chuck the warranty and do Amsoil? I'm going to say to you, Joe, in general, if you're going to get help on maintenance, embrace the help on maintenance. I I think that's... That's hard to turn down, to be honest. If they're offering that, I mean, the other problem is, you know, you can't control what they're putting in. Not as much. I mean, but you can still get a synthetic. You can still get a nice yeah. synthetic out of it. It's not like you have to go with the actual dino juice. But, sure. You know, but, but, and you're also making the point that it's the same price for them to do their oil change as it would be for you to do it yourself, except in this equation, you don't have to do it yourself. I mean, honestly, it's Joe. Hard down, it's hard to turn down the free money thing. Very, very hard. Very hard. Because the thing for me, Joe, this is the reason why, honestly, these days, I don't do much work on my own car. It has nothing to do with lack of interest. It's lack of time. My time yeah. is better served doing things for the show than crawling under my car to do something, so I pay somebody to do it. Right. So, I mean, it's not like I have money to throw around, but that that is, you know, when something needs to be done, I get it done by someone that can do it faster and better. So I think, Joe, stay with stay with the dealership in this equation. If it's going to be sixes, then why not? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's hard to 
turn down free money, to be honest. So uh, I, I like that. All right, scrolling through here, uh, more questions. Uh, man, <laughs> it's like... Good would you rather question from Keith. Do you see this one? Um, scrolling, where was that? That was on Facebook. He said, would you rather daily drive a Toyota Corolla or a Harley <laughs> Electroglide? Oh, yeah, here it is. He's he's pretty much just given me a poison pill. That's pretty much what he's yeah, done. Pretty much, and the Electro Glide has the speakers mm-hmm. that would have the stereo going. So I know, I know it does. <laughs> and I, I, in spite of my rants on both, I'm going to go with the Harley. Are you really? I am. I am. Are you? The the the, the Corolla is that. the Corolla is vile, and I don't have to turn the stereo on. It's That's got the a other spoiler part. on the back. That makes it fast. I don't have to turn the stereo on on the Harley. <laughs> oh, you don't. Uh, Sean Quinn is asking about the trend of high-end car manufacturers saying the tires were designed with, in association with, whoever the tire manufacturer is, specifically for this car, very annoying to him. Yes, tires are important, but he's asking, can this really make a difference that anyone will ever find? Well, some of it's branding, but I will say I believe that a lot of it has to do with the dynamics of the car and the dynamics of what the mm. engineers and designers are mm-hmm. trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, think about the the positioning of this car. If it's you know a hot GT car or a sports car, whatever yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. they're trying to achieve specific numbers and mm-hmm. specifications. And the tires really, literally, are the place where the car is connected to the road. They can have the best engineering, the, the yeah, suspension yeah. and mm-hmm. geometry, and all this stuff sorted out, but Tires can let you down, and so they might give a tire manufacturer specs of, okay, we want this level of mechanical grip. Yep. The yep. tire is, or the car is weighted. Maybe it's imbalanced, or maybe it's perfectly balanced, mm-hmm. front mm-hmm. to rear, or you know, it's not corner weighted. Who knows what the dynamics of the car are that they've designed, and then they say we need a tire that's going to maybe overcome this because of the engine placement and the mm-hmm. weight distribution. Yeah. Could a tire be the you know, the last link here. Not a band-aid Certainly. on a bad design, but more of a could it exploit what we've already done Absolutely. here? Absolutely. Then I say yes. Now, is there still a marketing partnership and branding for both? Of course yes. there is. Yes. Yeah. But that still can, I mean, the carcass of the tire for, you know, how thin or thick that is, you know, how much material is there. Yeah. All those kinds of things come into play. I mean, we think of the Bugatti Chiron. Which is the extreme end of it, but but there's the same thing we're talking about. Exactly, exactly. But you know, for dynamics of the car, Mm -hmm. you know, absolutely, I I think it matters. Well, I think I think you're right. And here's the other part: the only reason I think that it's okay is the fact that generally those tires don't become one-off tires. Those tires Mm. aren't sold just for that car. Almost every situation. Look at some. Porsche was one of the first to do this, and some of those uh, tires became like the Pilot Super Sports. I'm getting my story a little wrong, but you're following what I'm saying Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. The tires that are specifically designed for a car end up in some form being just sold to go on lots of cars. So it's actually moving tire development forward, with the exception of things, the extreme things like the Chiron. The tires are now out there. I mean, I think about the. The right. the P uh, the the Pirelli P zero Nero you know bubble gum tires that were put on the Z twenty eight made out of used chewing gum seriously the ones for the Z twenty eight were like they spent time with Pirelli and they figured it out well that tire you can just buy now True. and it's sticky True. as it's sticky as glue and then like the tires that were just specifically designed for the Alpha Quadrifoglio 
Right. Julia right. Quadrifoglio. You're going to be able to buy those tires. So the only reason I think it's okay is because that's pushing tire development to create a specific kind of tire that now is available for other things. Mm-hmm. To the other part of your question, though, will you ever notice, <laughs> I don't know, how hard are you that's driving this thing. car? If you're driving a Z28 on the track, get the tires they put on it from the manufacturer. If you're driving a Quadrifoglio in traffic, put on whatever. <laughs> put on whatever tire. Seriously. Wait, we never say that. We don't, but you know what I mean here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm still looking for good stuff here. I'm looking for gold here. Uh, Chris Vygotsky asked a question that I was surprised by the answer that struck me, but it struck me right away. Okay. He said, what is the one cabin amenity you couldn't live without? In the cabin of a car. Now, I'm going to admit, Christopher, that I'm assuming, because all cars pretty much have this now, I'm assuming air conditioning exists. So I'm going to not put – I'm talking about extras. And I will tell you one because it it is actually great in my little cheap bad interior Scion FRS. Orange teenager's car? Exactly. I want Bluetooth with streaming audio. Yeah. You I use what? it constantly. The, the Porsche doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. It's it's an Achilles heel. Yeah. Porsche makes terrible nav systems and horns. They're <laughs> awful. <laughs> but but I but I do. The Bluetooth system in the Scion is actually really good. It's easy. It does great streaming. It it handles the phone very well. And I use it every time I drive the car. There's not a time I drive the car that I am not using it in one way, shape, or form. That's yeah. why I've got to say that. Yeah. That's a really good one, actually. Because I think, you know what? Nav screens... Don't need it. You don't need it. We've got our phones. Don't have to have heated seats. Yeah. No. You know, I I don't even need I don't even need power locks. I can reach that far. <laughs> well, Bluetooth is small, want. so. But I'm not gonna but drive a monster. That's just not me. That's true. So That's true. yeah, I just I, I start going through the list and going so few now granted I'm assuming air conditioning, but so with a few other things I care about, but that mm-hmm. I'm using every time. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Well, uh, Scott Durell is asking which of our past girlfriends had the best car? What was the car, and was she a better driver than you? Well, <laughs> I'll just say across the board, flat out, no. I would never admit that. <laughs> I was never a better driver. I did have a girlfriend in high school who was better than me at everything. She, you know, rollerblading, soccer. She'd ski faster. Yeah, everything. She's also the one that had the Adidas logo shaved in the side of her head. I remember that story. That yeah, was same, amazing. Same girl. Yeah. Okay, um, that happened. Okay. Yeah, she could do. I wonder every if she sport still better. does. <laughs> she, does she still? This many years know. later, have okay, yeah, let's move on. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, one of my girlfriends had an Audi A4 that I really dug. Mm. It was a pretty recent A4, and she was good. But, you know, unless our girlfriends and wives are really true car enthusiasts, I don't think the driving really matters. Mm. Although you and I were in a conversation this morning with the host on television, mm-hmm. on PCTV, yes. debating the merits of, well, does everybody say they're a good driver? Well, of course they yeah, do. Everybody Nobody will admit to you no. that they're a bad driver. Has anybody ever said, you Here's know what, the, I'm terrible? You know, the only people that say that, honestly, are the people that are scared of driving. Yeah. If you're not scared yeah. of driving, I have met people that are genuinely scared of driving, don't like to drive, and they will say, I'm a terrible driver, but they don't like to drive. They wish mm-hmm. they didn't have to drive. Yeah. I have seen that. But if you're a person that is out of that category, I've never come across one person's like, yeah, I'm not a good driver. My, my mother-in-law, who, who will not be listening to this podcast, is a terrible driver. <laughs> and I know that if wow. I said that to her face, she would be so unbelievably offended because she would wonder how on earth I could say that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm feeling bulletproof because I know there's no chance she's listed to this podcast. I'm sitting in a degree of minor shock over here, but 
Okay. Uh. Whenever she climbs into my wife's Cayenne, I just kind of brace myself for how that car comes back. It's always been fine, but the Cayenne is the first in a long line of vehicles we've owned. So, yeah, anyway. I do remember her cracking the mirror off your Acadia uh-huh. backing out of the garage. Oh, more thinking, than once. No, 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 no. You should no, be no. using Paul, the mirror Paul, to more, more than once, Paul. You're kidding me. This was not a single occurrence. Like, you can see the stuff that's in the way of the you, mirror when you back out of the... Because okay. here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all screw up. We all course, have accidents. It's easy to ding a car. It happens. I get it. It's a pattern I'm referring to. That's what I'm referring <laughs> to. The pattern shows the truth. Anyway. <laughs> I loved Sam Huppert's question on here. What's Paul's trick to keeping his garage certified Paul owned? It is. No, the secret is pointing the camera in the right direction. <laughs> the camera lies. You've told me this yes. since the beginning. Yes. And it's up to us to create you know the the image that we want to see and that is a yeah. very carefully curated camera angle i f- just yeah if it I were forget, to the right you'd see all the junk and bicycles yeah. and stuff in i there. forget where <laughs> in my film school process somebody made the comment where like the camera never lies and they were making that comment about people on camera you know am i really that old right. do i really look that fat yes sorry camera never <laughs> yes lies. you do but here's the thing though i i disagree the camera always lies the camera tells the story that you tell it and when if you really want to see that ever see behind the scenes photos of little tiny close-ups on a film set like a big film set pick a star wars or a transformers or a movie with tons of budget if you can ever see a behind the scenes photo of when they shoot a little tiny close-up the world in front of the camera for two or three feet is this pristine perfect beautiful world and for a 270-degree circle around that, there is carnage of people and lights and gear and madness and cords. And it looks like a war zone. But right in front of the lens, it's beautiful. So, yeah, the camera always lies. You did a good job on that photo, too. Well, thank you. That was that was very highly curated. That's, uh, that's my secret is just yes. point the camera good photography. in the right direction. That's, that's it. Uh, okay, what else is on your list here? Uh, let's see. Cajun Michael wrote in and said uh, a good either-or question. All right. Surprised myself with this answer, too. If you had to give up one of the above oh, here we for go. your daily driver, yeah, would yeah. you give up either manual transmission or reliability for your daily driver? <clears throat> and as much as I love manuals, and I do, if the car doesn't start, I don't care what the transmission is. Automatic it is. The car's got the car's got to work. Yeah, it just has to work. And especially being a daily driver, yeah, the the reliability on that car has to be high. Now, for the cars that are our weekend cars and our fun project cars, all that stuff, sure, of course. But if it's your car you rely on every day, I mean, mm-hmm. imagine you're going out early, you've got yeah, a yeah. job interview or mm-hmm. some big appointment. Or you, you're late to being on television because, because I had, had to, to unclog a toilet. Unclog exactly a toilet. right. Exactly. If my car hadn't started this morning, I would have. I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, you're right. That would have been the insult to injury there. Uh huh. Like how I tied that back together. Yeah. Well done, by the way. I thought so. All right. Uh, <laughs> scrolling, looking here. We've covered. We've covered most of the ones that I really marked. That doesn't mean there aren't many, many more. But we've covered the ones that I marked. Man. Oh, dammy. Best front. Best handling front wheel drive car you've ever driven. Fiesta ST. Mm. Done. Check the box. Yeah. Done. Well, Easy. I w- you know, I will say, though, Fiesta ST, I would say, is great handling and one of the most fun. But you know another great one, genuinely great one? The Renault Megane that we drive on the ring. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. You're right. It doesn't right. have the tail-happy playfulness of the Fiesta, 
but it is every bit as good or better as a handling car. As a handling dynamics, yeah. There's a reason why our friends at RSR use that as a ring car. It is an unbelievably good front-wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, one quick scan here. Uh... <laughs> Man, yeah, so many good questions here. Do you see Goran's question? He said, what's the best way to launch an automatic car? He's seen a lot of people step on the gas while holding the brake and then release the brake. That is actually the simplest, best way in some cars. I, I, will, I will give a shout-out to Porsche real quick because so, so many automakers now have launch control in their vehicles, and the launch control is go down to submenu C and then category X and find launch control and set launch control and hit this button and hold down the trash control. Porsche is very simple. You come to a stop, foot on the brake, floorboard it. And the car goes, oh, you want to do a launch? And it will lock the RPM at like 4,000, 4,500. It just instantly knows launch control, sidestep the brake, and you're off. Yeah. And it's not like... And is it bad for the car? Yes, it is. <laughs> but it is. It is. Yes. <laughs> yep. But the Porsche will keep doing it over and over all day long. That's true. So, but that, honestly, all launch control Gorin should be like that. Unfortunately, it is not. Jeff H. is asking us and has asked for, I think, the last four or five podcast rounds here. Diligence pays off. There it, it is. Does. He's asking, what websites do we prefer for car searches? There's a section, there's an article that I wrote mm-hmm. on everydaydriver.com yep. that is sort of the, the secret sauce, the websites I always go to, which is ever-expanding. I need to add to this list. So, Jeff, if you go to our website for that, there's a lot of dealerships but in general, we use AutoTrader. We don't call them out often because we'd love to be sponsored by AutoTrader. So if anybody's <laughs> listening, <clears throat> Mark, uh, we'd love to be sponsored by AutoTrader. <laughs> yes. Wow. I that had was, to slide that That in was there. as subtle as my, uh, my mother-in-law I'm, commentary. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's laughing right now. Uh, but you know what? We'd love to be sponsored because we do recommend so many used cars all the time. And when we go shopping... That that is we we, we, use, we use a bunch of them. we use car gurus we use yes, we you do. know we all, all, there's three or four others out there I mean there are the big ones for sure and then of course yes you wrote your big secret sauce thing that broke down like all the weird special places where you find these pristine things that are twice what I can afford but yet I'm trying to figure out what body parts to sell <laughs> I mean there is that really good article on our website about that yes you keep sending me Lotus Elise links how can I not I don't know all I can do right now is drool one day hopefully. <laughs> It, it will happen before too long, but I, I right now I'm sorry I found the perfect one. I'm not even going to tell you, dear listeners, where it is, but I found the perfect one right now that I can't even share. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, let's leave things there. We'll uh, wrap it up and thank you guys again for all your massive questions, your creative questions, and all your support. We're really, really feeling it. We appreciate it. We're working hard for the rest of this year. The shooting season has just begun. Yes, which is our great. shooting season is getting very serious. So many ideas and, and uh, episodes and comparisons that we're beginning to put together and, and things are beginning to come together. So, again, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. You're listening to this on a Friday. That means tomorrow on Velocity. Tomorrow morning we are on Velocity Channel again. This is our sixth week of 13 weeks on Velocity early Saturday morning. Thank you to all of you that have responded about that. We really appreciate it. Just so you know, this week is a rerun of week one. Some of you didn't find it by week one. Week one was our greatest hits piece. You want to understand why we like the Fiesta and the FRS and the WRX and the Mustang. You want to know why. It's all four of those cars compared. Actually, I know somebody here locally that had not seen that piece. They saw it when it first ran, Mm. and they came up to me and they went, 
is that little hatch really that fun? And I said, did you see the piece? And they said, yeah, but I would have never. I said, that's what we're talking about, Fiesta ST. Welcome. Exactly. So that's on tomorrow. And then a week from now oh, yes. is one of our favorites. Tell it's coming the good up. people. Tell everyone this is great. Well, it's actually a cut down of our feature film, Mid-Engines and Mountains. I took that. It's 60 minutes long. Actually, the total content I took was about 66 minutes long. I cut that to 22 it is a TV-sized chunk of that film that's actually cut down pretty well. It actually worked pretty well. Well, it's actually so it's not, three now, right? It is. It's a, whole, it's a whole detailed story. But, yes, it's TV length. Let's put it that way. It fits nicely in the half hour. Let's just leave it there. Yes. And, uh, and so that has happened, and it is actually – it's become its own little piece. Mm-hmm. I took it and just thought mm-hmm. – I think there's a piece. There's a TV-sized chunk out of this, and it's just not a straight lift. It's a different cut, and it plays pretty well. So that will be a fun one to share with all of you. And those of you that don't get Velocity, that's right. It will wind up on YouTube later. Thank you guys again. Really appreciate it. And keep the questions coming. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Cheers.